Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to our Bible study. Um, our Bible study, we post it on the platform Spiritual Conversation with Minister Mercy, our podcast. That's the title of our podcast, Spiritual Conversation with Minister Mercy. So welcome once again to the Bible study. Today, we are on our session 13, and we will be reading from the book of the Gospel of John, and we are at chapter 10. We'll be reading from verse 1 to 10, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm starting from verse 1, and this is Jesus speaking. I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the sheep, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognizes his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 6, those who heard Jesus's, Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. The thieves, the thieves' purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfied life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's bring this home. You know, there are several words we are going to look at here. In verse 1, we have sneaked. Jesus used the word sneak and then wall, sheepfold, gate, thief, and robber. The word sneak means to go in stealthily, that is hidden, hidden. And wall and sheepfold means over the wall of our soul, over the wall of our soul. The sheepfold symbolizes your soul. Gate here symbolizes your heart and your spirit. There are two gates here. One gate, the gatekeeper who is God, the Father, has to open it before we can have faith to believe. Like if we have a look at the, the book of um, in John chapter 6, verse 44, we read and it says, No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. How does the father draw the sheep? You know, through, it's through the preaching of this word. It's the father that draws the sheep, okay, to the gatekeeper. So the more or less the father is the gatekeeper. So without God drawing your spirit to Jesus, you will not know Jesus. So now we're asking, how does the father draw the sheep to Jesus is through the preaching of his word. The spirit of the father is in the word. It's in the word. So he draws the sheep by giving the sheep the faith to believe. He gives, God the father gives the sheep the faith to believe when his word is preached. And remember, Jesus said that his word is spirit and it is life. So what it means, the life of God is in his word. So when the real gospel of God is preached, that is what stimulates people's faith. And that is what convicts them to then know that they are sinners. And this is what then draws them to Jesus. So Jesus said in verse 2, but the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay. So when your soul is being drawn to Jesus, you then open the gates of your soul and then the, sh the shepherd then comes in. 
that is what Jesus said in verse 2 here. So in verse 3, it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. So the gatekeeper is God, the Father, that gives us the faith to open the gates of our soul for Jesus to then come in, okay? And the sheep recognizes his voice and comes to him, okay? So when you are convicted of your sin and then you repent, the Holy Spirit will then come to you. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit and then you'll start hearing the voice, the voice of God. And as you hear the voice of God, you will be obedient to that voice. You then come to him. Okay. So that's what Jesus is saying. The sheep recognizes his voice and come to him. Like in, in Psalm, let's have a look at Psalm 24, verse 7 to 9, which tells us the sheep, that is, we are the sheep. Okay. So Psalm 24 is telling us, lift up your heads, all you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. The gate is the gate of our soul and our spirit. Okay, So through which the spirit of the shepherd has to come through to enter our lives. So, you know, the writer of this um, um, psalm is telling the soul to open his gates, to open his gates. So the spirit of the Lord then can then come in. You know, the everlasting doors is the gates of our spirit and our soul. As we go in, I'll explain what those gates are. So in verse 7, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Verse 8 all who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep, the true sheep did not listen to them. So who are these thieves and robbers? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Who are these thieves and robbers? Jesus said came before him. These thieves and robbers who brought sacred, sacred religious scripts before the advent of Judaism and Christianity. For example, one sacred script is the, the, the Rig Veda, the Rig Veda, the Hindu religious text, which dates back more than 4,000 years. And according to many scholars, Hinduism is the world's oldest religion. Okay. In verse 8, Jesus said that the true sheep, the true sheep did not listen to them, but the false sheep. Listened. So what 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 um what this statement means is that there are two types of people, there are two types of sheep on this earth. In Genesis um chapter three verse fifteen, where the Lord God cursed Satan, he said, "And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed." Okay, so Satan has seeds. And the woman has also seed, which is the Lord. Okay, it was the Lord um, that uh, uh, the father was referring to here. So Satan has his own children on this earth, just like God has his own children as well. Jesus also mentioned this in Matthew 13, verse 24 to 25, where he compared the kingdom of heaven. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. What it means, the earth is a carrier of two kinds of people. You have the true sheep, which are the wheat of the Lord. Then the ones that originally came from above, God's children comes from above, the children of God, they come from heaven. Those Paul spoke about in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, and he says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. These are the people 
Paul also made references to. These are the true sheep, okay? These are the true sheep of God. So Paul also made references to this true sheep in, in, uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 29 to 30, which reads, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Okay, so what Paul is saying here, God knew his true children before they came to this earth, before they were born through the womb of a woman. Okay, he chose them before the foundation of the world. He chose them. So when those children are born on this earth, they may not know God, but because God has already predestined them to be his own, no matter where they are and no matter what they are doing on this world, when the time comes, God is going to call them back to himself and he is going to draw them to Jesus because Jesus is the one that is going to redeem them and give them salvation. So when he, pre he, he has already predestined them to be already children of God, he's already predestined them to know, to know him through Jesus. He has already predestined them to be justified. Justified meaning your sins will be forgiven. Okay. He has already predestined them to be glorified. Okay. So at the end of it all, he's going to draw his children back to him. That's what it means. So these are the true sheep of the Lord. These are the true sheep. These are the sheep the Lord said, my true sheep will hear my voice and they will know me. However, Satan's children originate from this earth or beneath the earth. Their soul particles come from Satan himself. Okay. They, they, they become human soul through unholy godly reunion they take on flesh in the womb of a woman and similar to the children of light from the spiritual realms of heaven are born into this world let's have a look at the book of um, exodus let's read the book of exodus the book of exodus from verse three to five and i'll read it says you shall have no other gods before me so what this statement means, there is other gods on this earth. There is other gods. And then the, the Lord then further, this is um, the commandment he gave to Moses. Okay, He said, you shall have no other gods before me. So there is other things that human beings can worship on this earth. And then he then says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is meaning angels, okay? Or that is in the earth beneath. So that means there is uh, creatures underneath the earth, okay? And then that is in the water, underneath the earth and in the water, okay? You say is in the earth, underneath all that is in the water underneath the earth you shall not bow down to them nor serve them for i the lord your god i am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments so what the lord is saying to us here there's several creatures on this earth that are not pure that are not of him and they also craved to be worshipped they also craved to be seen as god they also have their own children they also have their own children and the way the children of God from heaven are born through the womb is also the way these creatures, you know, birth, bring their own children through the womb of a woman on this earth, on this earth. Okay. So such children for their whole being has been taken from Satan. 
from Satan's kingdom. You know, they are prone to demonic possessions. This type of people, they are prone to demonic possession. God, you know, remember the scripture where the, um, I think the gentle woman came to beseech Jesus to deliver her daughter from demonic possession. And Jesus said that, you know, he has come for the lordship of Israel. That, you know, he, he hasn't come for the dogs. Okay, when people, you know, when, when you read that scripture, you think that Jesus is being rude. No, he's not being rude. What that statement means is that he hasn't come for the children of Satan. Okay, but because of the woman's faith, even the woman said, even the dogs at the table, you know, they also eat the crumbs of the children, of the children of God. That's what it means. So through demonic possession, it is the way God uses to deliver these children from their demonic possession and then draws them into the kingdom of God, draws them into the kingdom of God. That is what Jesus was saying. So God so merciful, such people, there is something God allows to happen to them. Okay. So that this is why being possessed is not a bad thing, really. Because through possession, if you truly want to be delivered, God will raise up an anointed man or woman of God to deliver you from the kingdom of Satan and then bring you into the kingdom of light. Okay, that is if you desire it, if they desire it. And because that woman's daughter has been tormented for years, you know, she started seeking help and she heard of Jesus. And then Jesus delivered her up because of the faith she had. And this is what happens now in our own present uh, 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 dispensation of, uh, of church. Those who are truly delivered and they've been tormented by demonic forces, you know, if they hear of somebody who can deliver them, God will raise up an anointed woman of God or a, or a man who is truly his and has carried the anointing and the power of God. If they go to this person, they will be delivered. And once they are delivered, they will then be ushered in into the kingdom of God. So this is how God takes uh, Satan's children and brings them into his own kingdom, into his own kingdom. Hallelujah. So as I was saying, something, you know, th there is something God allows to happen to them. Through this thing, the Lord is able to deliver them if they desire, if they desire, if they desire deliverance, you know, he then brings them into his kingdom. We will look at this uh, in detail. You know, I've just made a note here that because in our, in our discipleship uh, ministry, where we are looking at healing and deliverance, we go deep into the elements of the soul and the spirit and deliverance and, uh, and uh, demons, demon possession. So that's a separate ministry in itself. Okay. So these um, creatures, let me explain it a little bit more. Those who are, Satan's children. Let's have a look at Genesis, Genesis chapter six. I will tell you how these uh, um, creatures, these uh, Satan's children, manifest, and you know how they how they came to be. You know, in Genesis chapter six, verse one, it says, "And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them." that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 days and 20 years. So he says here, there were giants on earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Okay, so what happened is these angels, they were, God assigned them to look after the, 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 to look after the souls of men on this earth. Instead of looking after and guiding, you know, the, the human beings on this earth, they saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they decided to come down. They decided to come down and to marry with them. And they got the women pregnant, you know, 
and they had babies and these babies were giants they, they, they were giants and then when when they increased in size and then men started to resist them they, they became very nasty and started doing a lot of atrocities a lot of things they were doing this is one of the reasons the lord sent the flood because they don't know god the children they had were beasts they were you know they were giants giant human beings so they're more or less they became so evil they became so evil just imagine and uh, having a child that is a spawn of an angel and a human being they defiled themselves you know when they came they taught human beings a lot of evil witchcraft all sort of things all sort of things you know they defiled the although man was already sinful but it's not that level that you know um, came to be when these uh, nephilims were around so when god sent the flood and they died where did you think their soul went to you know remember our soul and our spirit do not die they are immortal so they remained on this earth under the sea they went under the water that is how we have marine spirits okay and they remain on this earth they're floating about waiting to be born as flesh onto this earth this is what the lord meant that they will be born through the the womb of the woman and you know they they are here they are here they they evil spirits they they are easily possessed they belong to satan and these are the ones satan uses to do all sorts of atrocities on this earth so when you look at this earth now you know you will you know the, the lord the lord referred to um, this world as uh, so satan's domain because his children have been born right, left, and center, and they're polluting the earth. All these atrocities, sins, and killings, and all sorts of nonsense, demonic um, activities that comes from hell. All they want to do is establish another version of hell on this earth, you know? And if you look at what is happening around you, they, they're, they're not, they're not uh, uh, playing games. They're not playing games, okay? So... This is the, the, the reason we have two types of people on this earth, two types of people, okay? So this is the reason people need to be careful with whom they hook up themselves with, you know, especially in marriage. Because if you end up marrying one of these, one of these uh, Satan's children, all you have is diabolical. It's just satanic activity. They don't have any pity or, or, or any, you know, compassion, any human reasoning. They don't because their father is like that. This is why Jesus said, you know, the thief only comes to kill and to destroy. And that's what they come to do. Even in a relationship, they come to destroy you. They come to destroy, especially if you're a child of God, you know? So Jesus said, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. His own sheep are those who the father have now drawn out of the world and given to him. So as he continues to draw them and he continues to mentor them and he continues to disciple them, they will come to recognize his voice, especially if they have been baptized in his spirit. So they will recognize his voice. Okay. Okay. Does, uh, a question I asked is, does all of God's sheep know his voice? And the answer is no. You know, we may then ask ourselves the reason for this. I, I believe one of the reasons why a lot of people are not able, a lot of Christians are not able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit is because the gates have not been fully opened for him to come in. Okay, the gate. As a result, fake shepherds, have taken advantage over them for not being able to discern the voice of the true shepherd. This is the reason we have so much deception in churches and religious brainwashing, you know, religious brainwashing because a lot of uh, God's children are not able to recognize the voice of their true shepherd. For our gates to be completely opened to the spirit of our shepherd, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, Verse two, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so we have 
discerned that there are two gates. We have established that there are two gates. Jesus is speaking about in John 10. Okay, the first gate is the gate of our mind. The first gate is the gate of our mind, which is our soul. These gates are our reasoning faculty, our our intellect, our emotions, and our free will. These are the gates of the soul. Okay, these are the gates of the soul. So the scripture we have just read in Romans chapter 12, it says, have made us to understand there are two directions. There are two directions the gates of our soul can open towards. And one direction is towards the flesh, towards the flesh. If the gates of your soul is open towards the gates of your flesh, the gates of your flesh are your five senses in your body. And these are one, your ears. Your ears receives information from the world and through your hearing, information passes through the gates of your soul to be processed by your reasoning faculty, okay? Before you can then make a decision with your free will on what, you know, on what to do with that information you have just received from the world. This also applies with the other four gates of the flesh. The other four gates is the eyes, you have the mouth, and you have the touch. You know, what Paul is saying to us in this scripture is that we should not live and conduct our lives according to the information that our soul is receiving through the gates of the flesh. The information that is coming through the gates of our flesh from the outside world. But rather that we should turn the gates of our soul towards our spirit, where the spirit of your shepherd resides. He's saying, don't forget, you know, don't forget, Paul was speaking to born again Christians. He wasn't speaking to Gentiles. He wasn't speaking to unbelievers. He was speaking to born again Christians here. They have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and they have the spirit of Jesus in them. So by renewing your mind, which means you are turning the gates of your soul towards the spirit rather than towards the flesh, okay? Do you remember the gates of your soul is your reasoning faculty, your intellect, your emotions, and your will. These are the gates we use to receive information, to analyze information, and then decide on what you want to do with that information, okay? So by renewing your mind, which means you are turning the gates of your soul towards the spirit, when you do that, what you are doing is opening the gates of your soul to receive from the realms of the spirit information coming from the throne room of God, which then is passed onto your soul through the gates, you know, through the gates of the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus said, I am the gate. Remember, his spirit is in you. So that's why he's saying, I am the gate. He is the gate to the realms of the spirit. Okay. He is the gate to the realms of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit, which resides in you, your own spirit. This is how you will know perfect will for your life is. This is the reason Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Okay. So those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture they will find good pasture. What this actually means is amazing, okay? So when you're, you're, you know, when you are really tuned in, when your spirit and your soul is tuned in into the realms of the spirit, you are communicating with the Holy Spirit. In visions, you will see your spirit, you know, in pastures, beautiful pastures, in realms of the heavens, beautiful places. This is what he means, that they will come and go, you know? Your spirit will come and go. You can access the realms of the spirit through the Holy Spirit, the gate, the gate. So they will come and go uh, freely and will find good good pasture. Good pasture means a lot of blessings, a lot of things, 
like when a sheep is let loose in a green pasture, it just goes and eats as much as it wants. And this is what the Lord is saying to us. This is what he's saying. So when we turn the gates of our soul towards Jesus, who is the gate? Remember, his Holy Spirit is in us. We must go through, you know, the gate we must go through. The gate is the Holy Spirit. We need to open our own gate so we'll be able to receive from him. So our spirit and soul goes through to find heavenly pastures where peace and joy and abundant life resides. This is what in verse 10, Jesus said, the thieves purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Okay. So coming to think about it, the three parts of man have their own different gates. The three parts, remember the flesh, your, that is your body, your soul, and your spirit. Okay. So, and the gates of the flesh. We have mentioned the gates of the soul, and we have mentioned the gates of the flesh. And let's mention here the gates of the spirit. The gates of the spirit is your intuition. You know, you use your intuition to discern the things of the spirit. And when your intuition kicks in, your conscience, your conscience is what discerns if that is of God or if it's coming from the realms of the demonic. And then when your conscience has decided, it then passes through the gate of your, of, your, of your soul. Your soul, that is your reasoning faculty, your intellect, will then analyze this information coming from the realms of the spirit. And it will then decide... It will then decide, you know, what to do with it. And, you know, sometimes when our intuition and our conscience has decided that this information coming from the realms of the spirit is of God, but your soul decides to argue against it, your reasoning decides to argue against it. You say, no, I'm not going to do that because your, your, the gate of your, your soul is, is, is one of the gates of your soul, which is your will is the faculty that will decide what to do with that information. And if the, your intuition and your conscience in your spirit have decided this is of God, passing it on to the soul to now function it, to now act on it, and the soul decides to say, no, I'm not going to do anything about that. He'll discuss that information and that's it. And that is what is called disobedience. Okay? Then that means you've been disobedient to the information the Lord is giving you. Okay? So this is how we receive from this different gates so as the lord says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy and my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life coming to think about it the three parts of man have their own different gates as we said so we have the gates of the spirit the gates of the soul and the gates of the flesh the point of these gates is for the soul to receive information either from the outside world, process that information, either to choose to act on that information or not to act on the information. That is one point. Information can also come from the inner world, that is the world of the spirit. If the soul gates are open towards it, that is towards the inner world, that is the spirit. The world of the spirit, it will receive information just as I've explained now, from the realms of the spirit, this information will be processed in the soul's reasoning faculty. The soul will then make the decision with its free will, with its free will to act on that information or not to act on that information. So if you have been practicing the act of turning your soul towards the gates of your spirit, okay, what Paul calls renewing of the mind, that's what Paul means by renewing of the mind. What renewing of the mind means, you are not turning the gates of your soul to the gates of the flesh. You are not receiving the information coming from the world. You may receive that information, but you discard it. It's not important to you. You are disregarding the things of the world. You are focusing now your gates of your soul to the things of the spirit. This is what Paul means by renewing of the mind, okay? So Jesus, his sheep recognizes his voice. If you're constantly turning the gates of your soul towards the inner man, towards the spirit, and you're receiving constantly from the gates of the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, 
and you're doing what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, you are being obedient to the information coming. That is how you are being led by the Spirit. Okay, so the gate of your soul is open to recognize the voice of your shepherd from the realms of the spirit. This is, this is only possible if the soul of the sheep is constantly turned towards the gate of the shepherd. Okay, it's possible when you're constantly turning the gates of your soul to be receiving from your shepherd the gates, that the things that are coming from the gates of your shepherd. This is why Jesus said, I am the gate. He's the gate of the realms of the spirit. Okay. So, which is that, which are, you know, towards the gate of the shepherd, with his own gate open to hear and receive from the shepherd. You have opened the gates of your soul towards the gate of your shepherd and you're receiving from him. This is what Jesus meant by that, that his sheep hears his voice that his sheep hears his voice. Jesus said in verse five, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. They don't know his voice. So if you're constantly receiving from your shepherd, you know the voice of your shepherd. If any strange voice comes, you will recognize it and say, no, this is not of my shepherd. And you will not act on that voice because you know over the years, you have trained yourself to recognize the voice of your shepherd, okay? And how do we receive, how do we discern the voices of, that are coming from the realms of the spirit? Is our reasoning faculty, our intellect will then reason it out and the will will then decide whether this is of God or it's of the demonic, okay? And this is how you then discard it. This is how you then discard it. And this is what the scripture in Hebrews chapter five, when he says, you know, your when it comes to uh, spiritual maturity, and he says, is the people who are who have been practicing, you know, of the, the act of discernment that are mature in the things of the spirit, so they are able to discern what is good and what is evil. What is good and what is evil is because you have turned the gates of your soul towards the gate of the spirit. Therefore, you are able to recognize the voice of your shepherd. You're able to recognize the voice of your shepherd. Okay. But we know what is happening in this our church age. A lot of the shepherds, that is, uh, you know, a lot of the shepherds, the sheep are so lazy to strive and do what needs to be done to turn their soul towards their inner man. This is the reason, you know, the spirit of their heart in order to hear from the true shepherd for themselves. Rather, they rely on others to hear from the shepherd for them. And because of this, a lot of the Lord's sheep have made themselves vulnerable and opened themselves, you know, they've opened themselves to spiritual exploitation and abused by fake shepherds and wolves in sheep clothing that call themselves men and women of God. This is the reason we have so much deception and religious brainwashing in our churches today. In our churches today, the Lord has warned us that the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. To avoid falling prey into the hands of these so-called men and women of God, we need to strive and turn our soul gate towards the inner man, our spirit man. So the information we live our lives on will be coming from our shepherd. It will be coming from our shepherd and you'll be hearing it for yourself, not relying on somebody else to hear for you. You know, this is why this... Uh, uh, so-called prophets or whatever, they'll say, oh, God said this, God said that. Because your soul, your gates have not been tuned in to the voice of your shepherd. You will believe them and then they will deceive you. You know, they will deceive you. They will deceive you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So this, is, um, <coughs> this written word has given us guideline. God's written word has given us guideline on what we need to do in order to turn our soul gates towards him, towards him. 
one is uh, let's have a look at them. Uh, let's look at these guidelines. We have John chapter three, verse three. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so what the Lord is saying here, you need to be born again. And being born again also means that you're baptized in his Holy Spirit, because it's through his Holy Spirit that you'll be able to then receive from the shepherd. Okay, so you need to be born again. Second, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, with all your heart with all your heart, what it means, you know, there's no laziness. You cannot sit. You cannot be idle in searching for God. You cannot depend on other people to hear for you. You need to search. You need to seek. This is why in the scripture, the law says, when you seek, you will receive. When you ask, you will receive. When you knock, the door will be open for you. So there is a searching. There is a work you need to do on your own part. You do not rely on other people to do it for you. Because if you rely on other people to do it for you, they will lead you astray. They will lead you astray if you're not able to hear from your shepherd for yourself. These people that you're, that you're taking what they are saying into your life and making your life decisions according to the prophecies they have given you, they can be hearing from the kingdom of darkness. Therefore, you are relying on what the kingdom of darkness is saying to you and you're acting on that. This is how people get so confused and so deceived, you know? So you need to search. You need to work. It's hard work. It takes time. It takes dedication. It takes diligence, you know, to seek. And when the Lord sees that you're seeking, he makes himself available. He then reveals himself because he sees how you're seeking. He sees the, what is in your heart. He sees that you're seeking with a, you know, with a genuine sincerity that you want to know him. You don't just, you're not just seeking him for what he can give you or what he can do for you, for the blessings. No, you are seeking a relationship with him. And God will reveal himself to those who are seeking to have a relationship with him. Okay? He will not reveal himself to those who are, have selfish motives, their own agenda. He will not. He will only reveal himself to those who are seeking to have a genuine relationship with him. Okay. So the third one is seeking. You need to seek diligently for him to then reveal himself to you. And then the third one is hear the undiluted word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay. So that's what Romans chapter 10 verse 17 have said to us. So you need to constantly be hearing the undiluted word of God. You're not, you know, in churches, we have so many preachers who are diluting and compromising the word of God, that the power in the word is no longer effective. It is no longer effective. This is why you have a lot of, uh, you know, lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm. If when you hear the, the real gospel and you are convicted in your spirit, there is a fire that comes with hearing the real word of God. There is anointing that is in, in undiluted word of God, you know? So the, the, the reason we have so much, you know, just religious Christians is because the real word of God is not being preached. So people are, uh, you know, like, they like, like, they're like zombies being pulled about in their noses. You know, but you need to work hard for yourself. You need to work hard for yourself if you desire to know him. You know, if you desire, if you, you know, he's worth it. He's worth it. And you will go through a lot of fire. Believe me, you will go through a lot of fire. It's not easy. Okay. So the fourth point is you need to have faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, you hear again? Diligently, diligently seek him. That is your persistence. You are persisting in seeking him. And as you are persisting, you're persisting. You know, the, the Lord drops like a, a nuggets of faith. Every time you're seeking him, every time he sees you seeking, reading scripture, praising him, worshiping him, you know, just opening your heart to him. 
he drops a little bit of nuggets of faith. He keeps dropping a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, when you, a donkey has a carrot in front of him. He's just trying to bite it, trying to bite it. But the donkey is moving, you know, following that carrot, following that carrot. This how, that's how he drops a bit of faith along the way as you are seeking, as you are diligently seeking him. Okay, so the, the, the fifth point is renewing of your mind, which is written word, which is written word. Just like we have read in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we have talked about how renewing of your mind actually means you are turning the gates of your soul to the inner man instead of the outer man, which is the flesh, okay? So the information you are receiving to build up your soul, to build up your faith, is coming from the inner man rather than from the outside man because the outside mind will bring you doubt. Uh, the information you receive from the outside mind, from the gates of your flesh, will just bring doubt, will bring doubt to your soul. But when you focus your soul, your soul gets to the inner man and you're receiving from his word, you're receiving from his spirit, it builds up your faith. It builds up your faith. And that's what God wants from us. Because our faith actually means that we trust him, that we trust him. That's what faith actually means. We trust him to do what he has promised us. Okay. So James chapter one, verse 20, that's the James chapter one, verse 21. It says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Your soul is saved when it turns its gates towards the inner man, you know, the inner man of the spirit and obeys the instructions the shepherd is giving the soul through the gates of the spirit, through the gates of the spirit. Well, so what James is saying here is everything that is a hindrance in your life of seeking God, of reading the scriptures, you should lay it aside. Whatever it is, you know, whether it is sin sin habit, attitudes you have, ways of behaving, ways of thinking, you should lay it aside and receive the incorruptible word. The incorruptible word is the word of God, the uncompromising word of God, the seed. is the seed that will help your soul to constantly be refreshed, constantly be renewing the mind, eh? building up your faith. And as you build up your faith, you're seeking him more and more. And especially as you see the answers to your prayers, he builds up your faith. That's what he's saying. But you need to, you know, repent of everything that will block you. The things that block our soul is sin. It's sin. No matter how small that sin is, even if it's a lie, a bad attitude, you know, a bad word, a bad thought. These are things that block us from truly opening our soul gate to the gates of the spirit. Hallelujah. And then James chapter one, verse 22 also says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Okay. So when you hear from the spirit, because as you read the word, it can speak to you through his word. Do what the word is telling you to do. You don't just read the word and then you close your Bible and that's it. You have forgotten what you have read. And then when a situation comes up that you need to act according to what you have read in the Bible, you don't. So it's telling us be doers, not just hearers, because it's the doing that will actually add to our salvation. You can't just be a hearer and you expect that you are saved. No, you, you, you act, you, you, you have your faith when you receive it from the word. As you continue to do the work of the, of the word, the deed of the word, it adds to your salvation. It adds to the redemption of your soul. Okay? So remember, the Lord has given you a brand new spirit. But your soul is still as dark as anything. So all this striving and things is to sanctify our soul, to open the gates of our soul to the realms of the spirit. 
washing. Because remember, the word says that God's word is water that washes our soul. It's like water. So the more you're reading the scriptures, you're meditating on the scriptures, you're renewing your mind, it's the water that is washing all the filth and the dirt that is in your soul and cleansing it. So you'll be able to open the gates of your soul more towards the gates of the spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, now number seven, we need to obey the first commandment, which is love God with all your heart and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so we are constantly practicing the above things. These are some of the things that will help us to turn our soul gate towards the inner man of the spirit. And we mustn't forget prayer, praise, and worship is also very important. All these things shall be a way of life for the children of God. Okay? This is what helps us to open the gates of our soul towards the inner man. You see, the soul is very important. The gate of the soul is very important because... If, uh, you know, we receive the, the soul receives from the flesh and it also receives from the inner man, the spirit. But you need to, for you to be led by the spirit, you need to constantly open your gates of your soul towards the spirit. But a lot of people are constantly opening the gates of their soul towards the gates of the flesh. So they are acting according to the information they received from the world. This is why God calls them carnal Christians. And this is why he says, you know, carnal Christians are in enmity towards God. They are fighting. They're, they're enemies of God. If you're living your life according to the information you're receiving from the world, you know. So this is why he said, die to flesh. Die to flesh. Don't listen to the things you're receiving from the world and your flesh are lusting after it. Die to the flesh and carry your cross and follow him. There's a, you know, when you carry your cross, there's a lot of dying to do. Because remember, before you became a Christian, you've been living in the world. The world has established a stronghold in your mind. You know, the ways of the world is part of your ways of thinking and your ways of behaving. So it is hard work when you then decide, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. You know, I'm going to carry my cross and follow him. There's a lot of hard work to do. Because God has to burn off all those things of the world that we have established in our mind, all those strongholds, all those things, all the ways we behave, the ways we act. He has to burn them off. That's why I have to go through the fires of trials, the fire of refinement. Because nothing of the world can stand before God. Nothing of the world can stand before God. Okay, it's all about flesh. It's all, it's all about the spirit. Is a spirit because he's a spirit. So that's why we need to, you know, release the shackles of our soul and drop them and pick up what the Lord is giving us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He cannot meet now. We finish. Okay. Amen. I'll stop. The Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hallelujah.